Hi, this is Stan Smith of the Smith Stearns Tennis Academy, and you're listening to the PTM Podcast. Hi, and welcome to episode four of the PTM Podcast, powered by Racket Sports U. I'm your host, Chris Michalowski, a PTMer known as Coach Mick, broadcasting right here from warm and sunny Orlando, Florida. Well, I'm really excited about today's episode. If you plan on teaching on the court, we'll discuss one of the secrets to being successful. But before I go on today's quick tip, let me tell you a little story first. It's story time with Coach Mick. All right, so the other night I forgot that I left our cars out in the street and I needed to bring them into the garage and it was late and it was dark outside. So in my car, I opened the door and in one motion, you know how you kind of sit down, take your key, swing your arm around the steering wheel. And the cool thing about this was that when I did that, the key went exactly into the key slot, not even a little hesitation front to front and side to side. It was a bullseye right in the key slot. I mean, it went right there without touching anything else. And I thought to myself, what are the odds of that happening? Well, then I sat in my wife's car and I tried the same thing and I I didn't even come close. I hit the plastic part first and I hit the metal part around, you know, on the ignition. Finally, I just had to tilt my head over and get the key in there. But it made sense to me after that, that I've probably gotten into my car and done the same routine thousands of times, if not more. So the algorithm was in my brain, knowing exactly where my hands had to go, how high, how low, how close to me, how far away to get that key right in the end of the slot. And what's funny is when I think about doing it, when I think about, okay, I'm going to do this automatically right now, it doesn't even happen. All right. So I guess that's why they say let it happen instead of making it happen. So after I got into the house, I remembered a video that one of my colleagues sent me, and I'll give you the title of that video in a bit on YouTube, and you can look it up. It's an amazing video, and as a matter of fact, uh, if you're on the PTM live list, I'll send you a link, and I'll also put the video URL in the show notes. But all you have to remember is go to, it's titled The Backwards Brain Bicycle. Just go on YouTube and type that in. And if you type that in, it'll take you straight to the video where this guy who is an engineer creates a bicycle that it's pretty cool. It steers the opposite of what a normal bicycle would. He took gears. So when you, you know, you turn the handlebars to the left, the gears make the wheel turn to the right. Now, you would think that you could still ride this bike, right? But you'll see that he challenges a lot of people to do it, and they can't go more than a foot on the bike without falling over. And as a matter of fact, I think it took him like eight months to learn how to ride this bike. And the whole idea is that there's an algorithm in your brain that can't be overturned very easily because you've done it one way so many times. Now, at the end of the video, he actually decides that he's going to try to ride a regular bike after he learned how to ride this bike. And it took him a while, took him like a half an hour, I forget what it was, but it took him a long time to learn how to ride a regular bike again because the algorithm in his brain was set to the new way. So the bottom line of the video is knowledge is not understanding. So just because you know how to do something doesn't mean you understand it or how to do it, all right? So it's a great video because it teaches us how repetition is so crucial, even like for our students when we're teaching them. The more our students can repeat the same motion over and over, the more automatic it becomes. And the root word of repetition is repeat. So repetition doesn't mean just sitting in my car and putting the key in the slot. It means me sitting in the car and putting the key in the slot the same way over and over again, creating that automatic habit, just like hitting a forehand. So it's the same way for players. It's not like 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 on the ball machine. It's not going out and hitting a bunch of balls on the machine because this is where the machine can be your best friend 
or your worst enemy because I always say, hey, if you go out there and hit a thousand balls on the machine wrong, you'll be really good at hitting it wrong. So it's kind of like that. But it's it's hitting a bunch of balls on the machine the same way, repeating the same motion. So what does this have to do with us as teachers? Well, let me tell you in today's quick tip. And now today's quick tip on the PTM podcast. All right, so just as it's important for students to be hitting a bunch of balls, don't you want your teaching to be effortless so you can focus on what's important? And that's the person across the net from you. I remember when I used to train my summer staff, I ran a summer camp and they were usually the players on my high school team. They were definitely greenhorns, but I had to teach them how to feed balls so they could keep kids moving, teach them, talk to them. So I, I had them do a simple drill and feed one ball at a time. I put two cones out on the court and I said, okay, let's just feed one to the cone on the left side of the court and then one ball to the cone on the right side of the court. And this was fairly easy for them except for using the proper grip, which did take some time. But once they got it, it was fairly easy. And most of them had to look down at the ball they were feeding and could not even look straight ahead. Now, after they got that down, I took the next step and I said, okay, what I want you to do now that you're comfortable is I want you to tell me about your day in detail, like something like this. Like I woke up, went into the bathroom, took my toothbrush out of the drawer, squeezed a toothpaste on the brush, and then I started brushing my teeth from left to right, rinsed my mouth out, then went downstairs, had breakfast. I opened the box of cereal, poured the cereal onto the bowl or into the bowl. Then I got the milk out and uh, poured that on top of the cereal. Then I started to chew up and down with my mouth. So guess what happened to their feeding skills when they did that? Well, their feeding skills went down the tubes. Like the phone ringing on that video. They knew what they had to do, but their body could not basically walk and chew gum at the same time yet. And as Teaching pros, if you go out and watch some teaching pros, they make that look easy. And it really isn't that hard once you get going, but it does take some time. And this is why you need to get out on court and practice, no matter what your level is. Like I said in the very first episode, when I was a student, I would get out on the court with my friends and we would teach each other a 30-minute lesson just so we felt comfortable teaching. We did the same thing with the playing test as well. Another example was when I started teaching in Midland, Michigan, where I grew up. I was 17 and I was assisting in this adult beginner class. I I remember this vividly because of my serve. It was called the Midland Daily News Tennis School and it was aimed at players who had never played before. So the goal was to introduce players to the game in six weeks. So we did six weeks of just basically teaching them how to hit the ball. And then they did six weeks of a supervised league, got them playing doubles and all that. And then I believe after that, the club gave them a big discount to join after the completion of the league. Now, it was a pretty cool format, and you know what I did? I copied that, just like in the last episode, we talked about that, and I did that in Traverse City at my club. and had 84 new players in the program, and we talked about in the last episode how effective copying is, but remember, if you can give somebody the credit, make sure you do it. All right, so now back to my story. Well, I had a really good serve at the time, and the leader of the class wanted me to demonstrate the serve to the group since it was my best shot. So here's how it went. Serve number one. Oops. All right. Here we go. Serve number two. Oh, man. Okay, here we go. Serve number three. All right. Embarrassing, right? And I was confident, but not in this pressure situation, if you call serving in front of people who have never played before pressure. So getting out there and practicing, even for me, then, I guess, was key. So what I'm trying to say is that you need to get out on court as much as you can and play, work on your game, teach, even if it's for free to kids in the community or your friends or anyone, just to work on your skills. There's a lot more that goes with teaching other than knowing how to feed balls 
or just teach a forehand or run one drill. You have to get good at personal skills, good verbal and nonverbal communication. You need to feel comfortable out there so you can focus on what's important, and that's the student. Now, my son, when he was probably six or seven years old, here's another example, used to stand by the court after his lessons were over and listen to me teach my class at the end of the days that he was there. Now, when he finally got older and was in class with me, I would ask the class a question, and he knew every answer because he heard me say it over and over again. But the thing was, he couldn't execute it. Even though we read all about it or hear all about it, we still have to get out in court and repeat whatever we're working on over and over so it becomes automatic. And this goes back to the video on the backwards brain bicycle. His main point was knowledge is not understanding. All right, so the teaching eventually is the easy part. But it's all that surrounds your teaching, your philosophy, like we said, your verbal and nonverbal communication, how you speak and manage your class that keeps bringing your players back. And this takes practice because it complements your teaching. It defines your teaching character. But remember, they're still out there to learn. So you need to be able to teach and do it in a way that doesn't seem like you're just reading from a book and you have your own natural style. Well, that wraps it up for episode four of the PTM podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And remember, knowledge is a great start, but it's the repetition that will build your confidence in whatever skills you need to refine in your own game and as a coach. Well, are you interested in a career in tennis or know someone who is? Or maybe you want to start a PTM program in your own area. Either way, go to ptmprograms.com and RSU will get you started. And don't forget, there's a huge need for quality coaches and RSU wants to meet you right where you're at and help you reach your destination in the racket sports industry. And as always, if you know someone who may benefit from the podcast, please share it with them and thank you in advance for your support. Well, I'm Coach Mick. I want to thank you for listening and I hope you'll join me again for the next episode of the PTM Podcast. <laughs>